0: Hey, you're listening to Nagaristo, Poland's number one comedy podcast. Who recorded this? <laughs> Starring Gavo.
1: So so tell me again where where are you from? Where are you?
0: Hi, we're starting the podcast. Yeah, let's now. start. Okay, da, 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 da. Um, I hi, this is Paul. Uh, they know. Um, I'm from Syracuse. They know? Yeah, okay. I'm from a city called Syracuse in New York State. Uh-huh. It's like five and a half hours northwest of New York City, and yeah. about two hours from the Canadian border.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what was growing up there like?
0: Uh, I just grew up in the suburbs. Yeah. it was. I mean, my family life was nice. We have a good family. Uh, city itself is pretty dull mm-hmm. uh, the biggest thing there is like the salt museum the carousel <laughs> center shopping mall uh-huh. the syracuse orange men basketball team the university basketball okay. team they're always really good the football team usually kind of sucks uh, the american football team sorry um i don't know like cold winters lots of snow like yeah. lots of snow we have the highest amount of snowfall per for uh, for any city in america i really? think like wow. cumulative yeah one uh-huh. year we had like two meters in like a week damn
1: yeah Around New Year's, uh, so did you, did you spend a lot of your younger years uh, shoveling snow or yes. driveways? Oh or? yeah, yeah. My dad refused to get us
0: like a snow blower, so yeah. Uh-huh. We, you know, I'm I'm the oldest of four boys, so we we're always out there shoveling. And okay. you are done shoveling, you can go sledding. And you're sledding, you drink your hot chocolate, then you play Sega Genesis. That was uh-huh. like my childhood. Yeah. The summers are nice, though, so, you know, we go swimming and right, lots of camping, lots of travel. My mom's parents are from New York City, so we would go to New York City once or twice a year, and that was always a big highlight for me, just seeing something else. And I would,
1: uh, yeah. Oh, how old were you when you first saw New York City? Oh, probably like two or three.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I, I don't remember. Yeah. But I go there every year. But did you,
1: did, okay, did you have a your first, like, conscious experience where you're like, wow, this is Times Square or something? Was it kind of a, a shock or anything? No, it's not. Uh, I don't. Growing up there not, I can't no.
0: remember my first yeah. memory. I think it might have been, well, the Natural History Museum. We used to go there all the time. Uh-huh. One of my first conscious memories is probably seeing that giant blue whale they had there. Okay. That was my favorite thing. <laughs> and another time I remember we got lost on the subways in Brooklyn and we wound up in Flatbush. And back then it was like the ghetto ghetto. Right, yeah. Uh, I, remember, I just remember even my parents being scared. So we had to rush back onto the train. yeah.
1: What year were you born? How old are you? Oh, man. Um, am, I, am I not I, supposed to ask that? I was Is born... uh taboo now?
0: Uh, I'm a bicentennial baby, so I was born uh-huh. on the 200th anniversary of the United States, a country which was founded in 1776. Okay. So, <laughs> do the math, I am 38 years old. I'll be right.
1: 39 in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How, how does that feel, being around... Uh, Feels weird yeah, like I'm the, losers all the time. Yeah,
0: I'm the old man of the Berlin comedy scene. That's yeah. for sure. The two older guys have left, so I'm I'm the oldest guy now that I can think of. Uh, it's weird because most of my friends are in their mid to late twenties,
1: mm-hmm. uh, but we're all the same. Like I guess <laughs> right. I just I haven't grown up at all. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So t- tell me about how how you got into stand up because I'm just I'm that's all I'm always curious. What kind of journey that is for people? Where, yeah. Um. I like mean, from way back. When, when yeah. did you first get start uh, interested in comedy? And
0: well, when I was little, I can't say this now, but when I was little, I listened to Bill Cosby, and I love Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah. Bill Cosby, uh, forget which you album. You didn't know back then. The it's dentist okay. bit that was one of my favorite bits. Uh-huh. No, but I really got into comedy through old time radio. Like okay. when I was going to bed every night, like when I was like 9, 10, 11 years old. Uh, on our local radio station, they would play like radio comedy from like the 30s and 40s like jack benny okay yeah george burns yeah, yeah um the great gildersleeve all that kind of stuff so i would just fall asleep listening to that every night
1: they would do like sketches or dialogues as well or was it all monologues no 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 no, they, they no, they no. it was whole like whole d-
0: scenes right jack jack benny that was my favorite show it was like yeah it was like the 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 was it the, pretext? the uh, you know, the pretense of the show was that uh-huh. they, were, they were putting on a show, but it was really a, a show about a show. It was like, okay. all right, folks, I'm Jack Benny. Here, let's do the show. But then something would always go wrong. So it was always uh-huh. like, you know, the band leader would show up late because he was sleeping with somebody, or the right. kid who did the the songs in the middle, like he would be sick, or Mary, his sidekick, she wouldn't show up, or Rochester, his butler, a very racist stereotype character, by the way, right, um, would mess something up. So it was always like what was happening around the show. So it's kind of like the Larry Sanders show in a way, okay. but for radio. Um, that was like that was one of my favorite shows. But I never thought back then, like when I was ten, that I wanted to be a comedian. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be either a cartoonist or
1: a rapper, <laughs> or a graffiti artist. Those are my three. Right. Yeah. 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 I can relate to that. Were Were you drawing a lot or all tired? the time? Yeah. Yeah. Do you Con- still constantly? Uh, no,
0: not not really anymore. I mean, I became a graphic designer. And I still do some design work, but I don't draw the way I used to. Right. I mean, my my parents and grandparents always supported us in our draw. Like, me and my brothers, we all drew. They would always give us, like, mm-hmm. blank books to draw with and, like, you know, pens. Every time we went to my grandparents' house in New York City, they would make, like, blank notebooks for us. And we would just That's fill cool. them up. Yeah. And then later, like, as I got into graffiti, like, in my early teens, we would take these long... We'd t- always take a car ride down in New York City, and we'd always go through the ghetto, the South Bronx... Uh, on the highway there, and
1: I would just like redraw all the graffiti I saw on the side oh, really? of the road. Yeah, that's cool. So, so yeah, I was gonna ask like, did, did you have a black friend? How did you get into graffiti back then? And it was, it was, but it was like, okay, so you're talking about what mid, early '80s? At late this 80s. point. Okay, late '80s, mid to late '80s. So I guess it's just ever present.
0: Um, of yeah, I, I mean, I had a couple. I lived in the suburbs. Uh, yeah, I had yeah. a couple black friends, but. Um, I don't know. I can't remember how I got into hip hop. I think it was like Beastie Boy. No, Run DMC. Yeah. I saw Run DMC on a TV show called Reading Rainbow, Reading Rainbow uh-huh. which is like this Reading kid Rainbow show. Reading Rainbow would be kind of an yeah, interesting be cool. premise. Yeah. But it's this show that <laughs> teaches kids how to read or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then they would always have a guest and they had, re- they had Run DMC on once and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So I got a cardboard mat and I tried to uh, break dance. Uh then I remember it being in the same section of the library where I got my breakdance book (laughs) like that's how I try to teach myself breakdancing was from (laughs) a book uh and I saw a graffiti book there so I I took that out a couple Uh times and then I just got obsessed with graffiti and yeah just rap started coming popular somehow beastie boys fresh prince of bel-air
1: right i mean yeah. not
0: the fresh prince of bel-air dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince that was the rap group's name
1: Te- uh, tell me about the graffiti did you get up a lot was it de- yeah can we uh, still find your uh, your throw up somewhere uh either? maybe maybe i think a lot of it has been gone over
0: uh yeah, yeah um, probably i i got arrested for it you did yeah i'm proud to say i never got arrested doing it uh we had this little gang, there were like four of us, and one of them, one of my friends, got arrested with the paints he used on another job, oh, wow. and they connected him with that, and then he ratted me out. Motherfucker, <sighs> fucking Nick, I tell you, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the cops came to my house. I, got, I was like put under house arrest. Like they just oh, wow. like released me to the to my, the custody of my parents, basically, and then they grounded me for a month. But then we had to meet the owner of the shopping mall. We tagged, and like he was so mad at us, oh, we ended up paying eight hundred bucks to him each uh, restitution. But Damn. I was proud that the one thing I did uh, stayed up on the wall, like, for, yeah. like, years. That's cool. How old yeah. were you that, when this happened? Mm, well, I think it was, like, freshman year of high school, so, okay. like, 13, 14, around there.
1: Wow. Your, your parents must have been proud, no?
0: I don't know. Yeah, I remember giving my dad a long lecture about the importance of hip-hop culture and why we <laughs> need to bring it to the suburbs. He's like, whatever, you're grounded. <laughs> <laughs>
1: don't give a shit.
0: Yeah. And then, yeah, I'm trying uh, You You asked the original question of how I got into comedy, um, I don't know. I guess flash forward to right around nine eleven. Post nine eleven, it was like either right before nine eleven or right after nine eleven. I I was living in Buffalo at the time, and we had cable, and we were watching HBO, and they kept showing uh, this David Cross special. Mm-hmm. It was it was before Shut Up You Fucking Baby. I can't All remember right. the name of the special. I th- well, the Pride is back. David Cross. The Pride okay. is back. And, uh, I just loved it. I don't know. I hadn't seen comedy or listened to, even thought about comedy in like a decade. Like the p- previous comedy I'd listened to was like Dennis Leary in like 1992. Okay. No Cure for Cancer. That was the last comedy I ever listened to. And then I saw this David Cross dude. I had no idea who he was. Like I sort of recognized him from TV or mm-hmm. whatever. You yeah. know David Cross, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. from Arrested Development yeah. or. Yeah.
0: So I remember seeing that. And then I remember, um,. 9-11 happening and everything being fucked up. And then he puts out that amazing album, uh, Shut Up You Fucking Baby, which is like just absolute devastating critique of like post-9-11 Bush America. It's true, yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, at the time I was moving to Colorado and I just remember I drove from New York to Colorado just listening to that album on repeat. And and that's when I got obsessed with comedy again. Yeah. I would say. Then I started listening to all his stuff and all Patton Oswalt then I got a Dane Cook, who I actually like. Like, you're not supposed to like Dane Cook, but <laughs> okay, I like him I for what he is, you know? Sure, yeah. He's not the smartest dude, but I think in terms of, like, delivery and just, uh-huh. just silliness and the way he uses his
1: voice and his body, he's very interesting. Yeah, he's good at what, he's, what he does, obviously, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if he's not not a smart dude or he just chooses to do this kind of comedy rather than another i mean i don't know have you met him or something no you i haven't met him judgment of, no no obviously i'm guessing but no i think he's an intelligent guy yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's more just like he kind of appeals more to like the bro humor side yeah of things. yeah yeah the aesthetic choices i guess yeah, yeah. was there anybody so david would you'd say was like a key inspiration kind of i'd say so yeah uh, at that point at least yeah, yeah. definitely that's yeah interesting choice i don't i don't think he's He's a a guy that's ever kind of named as top stand-up comedian. He's done a lot of interesting stuff, right? But he's people don't really uh, uh, claim him that much. But he he has very uh, he just writes like it's obviously his own shit. Yeah, Yeah. I I feel like he doesn't really care. Yeah, well then I retro received. Yeah.
0: And I retroactively discovered uh, Mr. Show with Bob and Dave. Yeah, I, I
1: still haven't s- seen more than a couple episodes. I need to.
0: It's pretty amazing. Um, I mean, like, yeah, he's one of those like maybe unsung heroes of the of yep. the American comedy world. I- in that he does sketch and stand up, and there's not many that can do both. And yeah, I mean, his second, the next album after the um, uh, Shut Up You Fucking Baby, uh, I can't remember. I don't remember, remember the, the name title. of it. But I don't think, yeah, I the pride to that is one. back or something. Okay. I mean it's all right it's not as good as the first one but it's just his pure it's just his attitude and like yeah. it was the exact right voice for that moment in America when the left like really had not found its voice yet mm-hmm. after the shock of 9/11 and Bush being elected yeah. which is actually the bigger shock I shouldn't say that but <laughs>
1: <laughs> And why not I mean it's not. yeah I I think I re- remember hear, hearing him say in an interview or something that he his first dozen or so performances were not good like he was saying that he bombed uh, more than 10 times until he had a good show. I don't know how much of that is lore or whatever, but I I I find that kind of uh impressive or just uh, I don't know, surprising to me because I I would have given up yeah. way before that, you know, like yeah. if I if I had six shitty shows in a row. What what were your experiences when you were starting out? How, how was your uh, Where did you first get get on stage?
0: Uh it was 2006. Um, I was in Colorado. I had just been dumped. I was supposed <laughs> to move to Austin, Texas, with this girl, and at the last minute, she's like, "Maybe you should stay there." So oh, wow. I was pissed, and uh, I just started. There was this open mic down the street from me in, in Boulder at the Red Fish Brewery, uh-huh. and I went to a couple open mics. and I'm like, "These guys suck. I can do this." <laughs> All right. So I, you know, no, sentiment. I would uh, i I'd, I'd go in my basement. I had a basement at the time; it was awesome. I had a band with my brother then too. And I would just start – I'd grab a beer and I'd just start ranting about whatever I was, like, passionate about and just write it down. And then I did – my first two sets, I think, were good. I think I have them both on tape somewhere. Um, I think they were pretty good. And I think – it was the second or the you third You got laughs one? anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, I got laughs. I also brought all my friends to my first okay. couple – oh, classic newbie mistake. Oh, yeah. Bring all your friends to your first gigs. Um, but then, like, this is uh, – yeah, 2006. There weren't that many people in the scene – and uh people weren't as discerning uh, in terms of like what kind of humor they're doing, so I just remember everyone had just had like AIDS jokes, abortion jokes, mm-hmm. rape jokes. No, this is before the rape joke uh, craze. This is more AIDS okay, time. This yeah. is AIDS joke. <laughs> yeah. This is the AIDS joke era. Yeah, when
1: AIDS was becoming hack material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No no, it was actually
0: in the middle. It was right oh, okay, before was becoming <laughs> hack. Crack baby was the hack at that, that oh, really? like, Crack, 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 crack. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I I do like three or four gigs a week, and they were always like, very poorly attended, like, five, ten people in the show. It was, wow. like, the Redfish, and the rest were in Denver, so I had to take a bus for an hour and go to okay. Denver to do a show, get a five-minute spot in front of, like, five people and a bunch of comedians who hated me and I hated them. And it was just, like, there was not a good vibe. <laughs> There's not a very supportive atmosphere. they talk shit about each other in the back. And <laughs> yeah. I also didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I just... It w- um, wasn't a community or anything. No, yeah, it wasn't like a community feeling. Each other. And it was kind of before this current comedy boom, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I never... I don't know. I just got worse and worse. It seemed like the more gigs I did, I got worse. Then I went to uh, the Squire Lounge, which is this notorious open mic on... uh, Oh, what the hell is the name of that street? I can't remember the name of the street, but Colfax. It's the notorious street in Denver, and it's this disgusting dive bar. And these, these guys, they've been running a show there forever at the Squire Lounge. It's... It has a reputation, and I think well-deserved of being the meanest open mic in America, Jesus. because not only the crowd hates you and heckles you and is uh-huh. shitty to you, but the, the hosts are. They talk <laughs> shit about you like before and after you get on stage, wow. and I just ate shit there. But I remember Ben Kronberg was there, and he was like becoming the star. He had just been voted like funniest man in Denver. And this is right before he moved to New York. Do you uh-huh. know who he is, Ben Kronberg? I don't think so, no. You'll you'll know who he is very soon. He's, yeah, he's like one of the leading alternative comedians in in the I, New York it, scene right now. It's possible. I've I've seen him even, but I, I don't. Yeah, don't he recognize the name. He has a beard and glasses, and he always has a little notebook on stage with him. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I've
1: seen some stuff from him.
0: Yeah, yeah, very deadpan, very very funny stuff. He actually right. came to Berlin last year. Um, yeah, I remember seeing him just fucking smash it, and I was I was shit, and I think I actually requested a joke from him in the bathroom before he went on stage because uh-huh. I had known his stuff. He doesn't remember this, but yeah. Uh, but after that show, I was like, oh, fuck this, and I quit. So I, I did. I tried stand-up for six weeks, and I quit. Yeah.
1: Yep. Then yeah, I got into I, improv, and I did improv, and I liked that better back he, then. So how long before you got back into stand-up? Or not until you moved to Berlin? Not until I moved to Berlin, Germany, <laughs> capital of stand-up. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Capital
0: of laughs. So I guess that was a uh, late... 2008, Yeah, I was in Berlin. I was doing improv there with the Laugh Olympics, which is now comedy sports. And uh, my friends had this poetry night, and I wrote some weird poems. And the only ones they got any response from were the ones that were funny. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, maybe I could do that stand-up thing again. And then some of the guys in the improv troupe, they wanted to do stand-up too. So we started our own night. So in 2009, we started our first night in the Berlin... Modern Berlin, alternative English stand-up scene. It was called Comedy and Sin. I started with my friend Ray, and that's where everything started. That's where everything began for me as a comedian, 2009.
1: Uh So uh, you studied uh, graphic design, you said? Apart from comedy, what were you doing before? What uh, just all kinds of regular jobs, or did you work in your field? Or
0: I don't know. I worked for this Buddhist organization in in Colorado when I was there as a graphic designer, and then I moved to Berlin and got a series of freelance jobs for different startups. Okay, they all failed, and then I worked for two years (laughs) for a virtual world thing like uh-huh. kind of like a german ripoff of second life basically okay yeah and i was just about to quit and move to manchester uh because i want to do english comedy there and then they fired me and under german law if you get fired after working p- a place full time you get paid like a year's worth of salary like while really? you look for a new job yeah years worth well 70 okay, percent it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. called arbeitslosengeld eins and i qualified for that so mm-hmm.
1: That kind of funded my comedy career for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say that oh, <laughs> on the air, but fuck you, Germany. <laughs> I have some fucking Germans from the bureaucrats show up at my door wanting evidence. Yeah, yeah. So you moved to Berlin in 2009? Or, or no, I moved yeah. the end of 2007. Okay. Yeah, September okay.
0: 2007.
1: How did you get from... Because the last place you lived before was New York or... Uh, or Boulder. Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, Boulder. yeah. How did you get from all the way from Boulder to to berlin
0: that's a crazy story man I, I was dating this girl at the time we were living together and there's house. always a girl involved there's always a there? girl Fuck. we were living in a house together we had a business together it was intense wow okay just around each other 24 7 like arguing about business like we sort of broke up we were still together it was just all confusing and that lasted about six seven months and then um there's this one night i remember we had this huge argument because we had to pay to rent the next day and we didn't make any money that month with our business mm-hmm. we were blaming each other society i don't remember what happened and then we went to bed and then we heard all this banging upstairs and we would go up there and the girls upstairs these three hippies are living up there And they're like fire so basically they had a dinner party uh which they didn't invite us to by the way and they <laughs> had these plastic like candelabra things that were mounted yeah. to the wall <laughs> and they got stone they got stone and forgot to put out the candles and the flame went down the candelabra onto the wooden wall and just burned the whole house, wow. so the whole top of the house was destroyed i mean everyone, there were six of us living there up there. we all got out in time, but the whole top was destroyed there There was a piano up there, the keys got melted together they like wow. all their it, the best part was the room where they had a dinner party. These girls were uh, fashion designers, but they uh-huh. were doing like Sustain, like environmentally friendly fashion using recycled paper. Okay. So they had all these giant paper dresses they'd been working oh, wow. on. So those poof, they were gone. Yeah. You know? And uh and then we had a lot of smoke and water damage. There were like eight fire trucks there, like forty firemen. It was nuts. Jesus. So then the the next month or two, like we were trying to figure out what to do. We were trying to figure out if we wanted to keep the business going. It was like a design company. Yeah. We mostly did like WordPress customization and branding for people. Okay. Um, we were trying to figure out if we wanted to keep the company together or work virtually. Then we were like, oh, let's go traveling. So we were trying to plan this European trip together. We were going to do this whole thing where we'd go to like obscure Eastern European countries and try to rebrand them or something. Mm-hmm. I, was, I can't remember. It was like the Billions Tour or something. We wanted uh-huh. to make people. you had a whole concept, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were very inspired by like uh, Seth Godin and the Purple Cow and all that uh-huh. stuff. And uh all and and then we read the book, uh, The Four Hour Work Week by Timothy Ferris. Okay. And he tells it's all about how you create your own online business that basically runs itself so you only have to work four hours a week. It's a lot of bullshit. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. But I remember in that book he said that Berlin was one of his favorite cities to live in because you had a high quality of life compared to how much you had to pay for that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Well, let's go there and she uh had spent some time in Germany as an army army brat and did not want to go back to Germany. She's like, You go there. And we will meet somewhere else. And then I just ended up staying, and she ended up staying in America. Okay. So she never even left. Yeah. No, and she ended up getting married, which only lasted a year. And <laughs> uh, she's, as far as I know, in Mexico now.
1: Okay. So yeah, and, uh, Selling, and I stayed uh, working for the drug cartel, or no, no, no. <laughs> probably
0: probably tech stuff. Yeah. I still talk to her, but yeah, I just I just I uh, I was done with America. I was done. You know, I was still in the middle of the Bush years, and right, I was just yeah. sick of the positivity of Boulder, Colorado. It's this very new age, wannabe, progressive Buddhist place. Right, yeah. And it's a lot of upper middle class white people talking about how conscious and aware they are. Meanwhile, Mexican immigrants are doing all their laundry and all their cooking. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's a new age, it's like spirituality minus politics. That's what it is. Okay. And I just got sick of it. Like, And no one would talk about politics or economics or any of this stuff. And I moved to Berlin, and it was immediately... This is what I wanted, you know. It was dark. It was gray. It was flat. No one was smiling. Everyone looked like shit. <laughs> hey. No one was healthy. <laughs> They're just smoking and drinking all the time. Yeah, you know. Y-
1: you like that? Like yes. you like the contrast of oh uh, after people Boulder
0: not- and like the whole tech startup entrepreneur scene of Boulder and okay. just like oh we gotta do yoga and then work on yeah. our startup and our blog and meditate. And blah, 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 blah. I got so sick I of that. I think South
1: Park get a some inspiration from, from there. yeah. I mean, definitely from yeah, they Col- went, they Colorado, went to, right? They went yeah. to university in, yeah. in Boulder. Okay. okay. And there's
0: there's actually references to Boulder yeah. in South Park. Like, there's a Kilkenny Road uh-huh. right outside of Boulder. Oh, there is? And a chef, chef, son, chef is a real guy. Uh-huh. Daddy Bruce is his name. He's a, I think he's dead now, but he was, he ran his barbecue in Denver oh, wow. and his son, I guess, Sonny Bruce, I don't know. He runs the barbecue joint in, um, in Boulder. So uh-huh. you see him, he, he looks like a big chef. Like yeah. it's really, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's interesting. Yeah, so when I moved to Berlin. I'm like, "Yes, this is the exact opposite. This is exactly what I want."
1: But when you when you came there, you didn't have a job or anything. Yeah, you had to kind of start from scratch or
0: Yeah, I sold my car. So I had a couple thousand <laughs> in the bank. Oh, okay. Um yeah. So first 3 months, yeah, I just partied basically. <laughs> yeah, I tried to. And then you're like, "Oh shit, I got a uh, the Yeah, was well, an American in Berlin. I don't know how it is for the rest of the Schengen, but in a, in Berlin you get Three months uh, tourist visa as an American, so you don't have to do anything. You just you just have to have a passport, basically. Sorry,
1: man. I'm, I'm gonna go get some
0: more and some water as well. Uh, no, I'm okay with the coffee. Thanks. Oh, Gavel is away, I'll I'll describe where I'm sitting right now. I'm in a uh, very old Soviet uh, housing project type building, overlooking uh, the Warsaw TV area. And then to our right is Mordor, apparently, and there's just this constant banging and hammering, which sounds like the orcs from Lord of the Rings, Um, and they're banging away, they're refurbishing this building, apparently. We have buildings just like this in Berlin, they're called Plattenbau or Neubau, and the farther out in East Berlin you live, the more neo-Nazi-ish it gets, which is weird, because most of those guys are Russians, and I don't think Russians are friends with Germans, but apparently they are, and there's also Vietnamese people everywhere, and that's called Matsan. that's where I used to go to German school and this area reminds me that I'm just talking to myself <laughs>
1: <Enjoying
0: yourself>.
1: yeah <laughs> alright sorry so where where were we Bur- it's
0: just like what the fuck man he's always got some neighbor making noise he's gotta yell at you know WTF Mark <laughs> <the> Marin <Maron. laughs> does he do that I've He's always got this guy who's, like, blowing leaves next to him. He's always oh, okay. got to yell at him. This guy, his name's, like, Kenny or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I guess he's me, a,
1: out in the garage. So. Give me
0: ten more minutes. Iggy Pop is here, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you like Mark Maron? Yeah, I, I used to listen to or it all just, the time. When I had yeah. an
0: office job, i listen to podcasts constantly, and that was one of my favorites. I get a little sick of it now.
1: Of people talking about themselves, yeah? Or.
0: Ah, uh, just his first ten minutes of him talking about him
1: Oh yeah, you don't you don't fast forward that part. Uh, I do now. Yeah. yeah, I used to listen to it. But yeah, man, yeah. Now I'm sick of it. Do you still watch a lot of stand up? Or uh, I'm kind of ashamed yeah. to say I don't
0: watch as much as I should. I think every comedian should be a student of the form and be a fan. And yeah, I mean, for years I watched constantly. I listened to every special, and now yeah. I I basically get my stand-up comedy news, or I find out, like, who the new cool stand-ups are from my German comedy friends, or German or Russian comedy friends in Berlin who are all obsessed, and they'll tell me, hey, did you hear the new Pete Holmes? Like, Uh I didn't even know it was out. Yeah, I got it. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. It's kind of embarrassing for an American to have to learn that from. a
1: Yeah, I guess, but isn't there a a point where you kind of maybe have to, well, you you either won't have time, or maybe it's even wise to not watch as much, because you just... I feel like if I watch too much comedy it's also too easy for me to accidentally steal a joke or just like yeah I don't know when I when I watch a good special I am kind of thinking in that co- comic's voice I feel like no, for yeah, the next too. couple hours sometimes yeah and, and uh,
0: yeah it's true
1: I mean you want to know what's going on right but I really yeah. don't need to maybe see like the new Aziz Ansari special or something yeah you know? and you don't need to see that <laughs> yeah there's <laughs> no reason to see that <laughs> that's, that's what i'm saying yeah
0: yeah, I don't know. I there, I got to. I hit this point where I just could not stand listening to American stand up anymore. It just bored the shit out of me. Yeah. Okay. I think it was like I don't know. I, I th- I'm sure he's good, but I think I started listening to like Rory Scoville or somebody. Okay. Everyone loves him. I just didn't get it. Like I listened to the first five or ten minutes. It's like, why is this more special than the rest? Yeah. Yeah. But that's partially personal stuff. Like I go to New York City every year and I try to like <laughs> do some sets there, break into the scene, and then and it's just constant middle-class white dude stuff and i just yeah. get so and like, yeah, i'm a middle-class white guy as well but sure i just get sick of us our voice you know okay, yeah and when i see more and more middle-class white guys talking about then nah, nah, then nah, i just i don't care <laughs> i just don't care <laughs> yeah. especially because i'm my favorite comedians are some of my friends in berlin like one of my favorite comedians is my friend carmen who's a from lebanon she's a she okay. grew up as a catholic lebanese Arabic and French speaker. Yeah. She performs in English. It's her fourth language. She also speaks German. And her perspective on the world is just very fascinating to me. Right, Like, she was actually in Paris during the attacks, uh, just hanging out with her French friends. And she was the one that had to calm everyone down because she's used to bombings and terrorist attacks yeah. and stuff growing up in Beirut. That's crazy. So, she was, like, the voice of reason in Paris during that time. <laughs> Damn. And, like, you know, I don't get that perspective from fucking
1: from that? most white guys from yeah Syracuse no who's <laughs> that
0: other guy I can't stand I'm sorry I just don't I wanna like his. come on let's yeah let the hate pour What's, let's do this I, don't, it's, I, I haven't even I, committed brain cells to remembering his name yeah yeah it doesn't matter
1: but somebody that's kinda of big now or Kurt Brown is that his name oh yeah 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 I, 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 a I draw a Yeah, I yeah. can't stand that guy
0: I've, I don't, I don't know yeah there's a I like uh lee camp i'm a, it's weird that he works for Russian TV but Lee camp is a very political uh-huh. like very radical left wing um comedian yeah, I don't, he's I like thirty something mm-hmm. his uh George Carlin's daughter introduces him on his second album as the heir to her father's legacy seriously yeah <laughs> lee camp is is dope yeah well everyone likes Stuart Lee now I like Stuart Lee oh yeah yeah me
1: too yeah, yeah but reason. I can't
0: listen to every comedy album by every white middle-class American com- comedian yeah. that comes out now. I just can't keep up, and I don't care. Sure. I'd rather listen to stuff about politics or stuff in German or just, like, audiobooks. Like, last week, I spent the whole week listening to H.P. Lovecraft in German. Just oh, really? like, practice my German. <laughs> how, how is your German? It's all right. It's not as good as it should be.
1: Yeah. You, you don't really need it when you're in Berlin. Not yeah, really. Like, That's yeah. the problem. And like, yeah, yeah.
0: I even have a German girlfriend, and we, we <laughs> mostly talk in English because <laughs> her English is basically perfect, so. Sure. Um, but the German scene is getting better now. Like, for a long time, Germans were embarrassed of their comedy scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because of a guy named Mario Bart, who was, like, an even worse... Like, imagine Dane Cook with no brains and oh. more hair gel. Okay. And slightly racist. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. More like Carlos Mencia? Or? Yeah, in that in <laughs> no, vein. But not that style, yeah? Yeah. Uh, but imagine if Carlos Mencia filled out the Olympiastadion, that big stadium okay. that Hitler built. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah. That's, uh,
1: that's, <laughs> that's an, an, a nice framing of it, you know, that yeah. stadium that Hitler built. That's Mario oh.
0: Bart, and he's the most famous comedian in Germany, and everyone I know hates his guts. Wow. I don't know how he has a fan base. So, so a lot of uh, <laughs> would-be comedians in Germany, in German scene, either become like slam poets, and mm. you can do funny slam poetry and, right. and do re- really well, or they become cabaretists. Yeah. which is where you talk about very serious topics and, like, every five minutes there's a laugh. Oh, okay. But they don't go down the middle with stand-up. So since we've had this scene, this English scene in Berlin since <laughs> 2008, nine, a bunch of, like, bilingual comedians have come up through our scene, gotten inspired, so they've created their own shows in the German scene. So now there's this emerging... German uh, alternative stand-up scene in, in like, bars and cafes yeah.
1: the way we do it and not at the, the theaters and the old-school places. So you guys kind of mix? You'll have nights where you have people performing in German and in English, or...? Actually, my friend not. Carmen
0: produces a show called Comedy auf Deutsch, uh-huh. which is exactly that. It's half German, half right. English, and it's one of the most popular shows in Berlin, and it takes place in, like, a squat oh, okay. for, yeah, for yeah. Uh, uh, um, just for donations. Sure. And, like, it's, like, Stand when I say standing room only, it's mostly just standing. Like uh-huh. there's like three benches and like everyone else has to stand. Oh and really? A hundred people and like a bar like maybe twice the size of your living
1: room. And yeah, it's one of the best shows in in,
0: in the city. That's
1: cool. And and yeah. that works, yeah. Because I always yes. thought I always thought standing room stand up is is not a good idea that people. Uh, well, it's just it's just, such
0: it's such a good show that it yeah, works, I okay. guess. And also she has a
1: foku a folkskusha like free uh-huh. food before it. Oh, so okay. yeah.
0: It's a nice name. That's cool. And The drinks are is, cheap.
1: Is there anybody in Germany that is the, known for doing stand-up in English? No, not at, not at this point. Like like the the guy, the, the stadium guy. What's his name? Mario Barth. Does Mario he do it Barth? in English? Yeah. Does God he, no. He doesn't do it. <laughs> Thank no, God. God. Just just German. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There is a there. Are, there's a couple. The biggest one is a uh, Michelle He's like the second most famous German comedian. Okay. He's from Bavaria. He's a great Bavarian accent, and uh, he has busted through in uh, London. He's done Fringe Festival, Edinburgh Fringe, okay. and stuff. Um, and he's friends with Eddie Izzard, and Eddie right. Izzard has come to Germany. He did Eddie Izzard did a show last year in German. Oh, cool! In um, German, yep. Oh, damn. he did a month long residency at this one club, and each night he would memorize another page of the script. Like his uh-huh. brother, translate. His brother's a linguist, and he translated his English script into German. So each night yeah. he would do another page. So if you saw the first couple shows, it was mostly English, but the last show was all in German, and the German's perfect. Wow. So yeah, it was a very good show. Yeah, I've, I've heard
1: him. Per, I've heard he he performs in, in French and stuff. I yeah, know, yeah that he's I done know French, German,
0: yeah. German. I think he's working on Russian. I want to say Spanish. Yeah, I he think. mentioned Spanish. I think that's crazy. Maybe that's Arabic.
1: Crazy. Uh, but Arabic. Also, yeah. Wow, that would be interesting. But he's
0: also running for mayor of London in a couple
1: of years. Oh, is he? Yep. It's true. I, I think. I, yeah, I heard gossip about that. I, mm-hmm. I didn't know it was. Uh, yeah. it was confirmed. Yeah, there's a there's huh. another
0: guy, uh, Paco Erhard. He's like, he's a friend of mine. He's less well known. Well, he's actually gotten big in like the uh, fringe circuit, like mm-hmm. the English speaking world, and now he's right. trying to buck, bust into the German scene as a German mm-hmm. who
1: got famous as an English speaking comedian, and he's yeah. trying to bust back into the German scene. coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I feel like that's what a lot of, I mean, I can't uh, apply it to comedy, but a lot of Polish artists uh, end up doing that or, I don't know, they get more recognition when they're coming back from the States or they're like musicians or whatever, Mm -hmm. or they're Mm -hmm. recording from over there. It's like some kind of legitimization or whatever. Yeah, sure. And then, oh, now we'll pay attention to him, even though he's doing the same thing as 10 years ago, but yeah, yeah, more or less. (laughs) Okay, but can you see English stand up on on TV in Germany or no? No, I don't think so. I think once or twice someone may have performed. Okay,
0: there's this one popular TV show called Nightwash, and it's uh-huh. like a stand up showcase that takes place in a laundromat. Mm. And I think my friend David Deary he performed in English on there once. I think it got on the air, maybe it was just on the internet. But yeah, they're not they're not letting English on yeah. TV really. Okay,
1: but but German stand up is is present. Yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, you know. and there's
0: several. Well-known younger comedians now who perform in both languages, mm-hmm. who sort of came out of our scene, like Johnny Armstrong, Vincent Pfefflin, and my friend Stefan Danziger, uh-huh. and
1: they've all they all perform in both languages. That's interesting. So, so you're saying that uh, you're responsible for nursing all these talents coming out of um, the... our scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, partially. Sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, there's other, you know, there's an the English scene in Cologne and, and Düsseldorf, and mm-hmm. uh, there were already English shows in Berlin happening, but they were they, were, they weren't that many there's like one one or two a month. Yeah. When when we started, but now it's like one or two a week a night.
1: Cool. And and that's your sole occupation now or you
0: do nah. other stuff still yeah, you I gotta wish, do other
1: things. I wish I'm only paying about
0: half my half my living from that. So yeah, I still have to do some freelance work. uh-huh Um Lately, I, for this summer I was working for like an Amazon supplier. Oh yeah, doing just like graphic art stuff
1: or like boxes, like packaging stuff. Like it's pretty low. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, but <laughs> I I'm, mean, I guess it's it might be better than packing the boxes themselves but i don't know i was packing the boxes oh okay i was packing the boxes (laughs) sorry we would get shipments of stuff from
0: china and take the labels off and then put german labels on them and then send them to amazon Oh, okay i was doing that
1: (laughs) that was pretty embarrassing man Uh, so what else stripping uh prostitution no no i did none of
0: that i i did strip once or i did like (laughs) You got paid for it? Or no, I didn't get paid. I I, pre- I performed. No, this friend of mine got married and they hired me as the 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 entertainment for oh, the, really? their hen party. So I came out as like the sexy tennis instructor, <laughs> and I sang to Bon Jovi, "You Give Love a Bad Name." Damn! And I got down to like my string song g g-string thing and then i was like <laughs> i had tennis balls like in my crotch just throwing them <laughs> at people <laughs> yeah but i didn't have That's, my glasses on so to this day i still meet people that were at that party that i know were there yeah like, hey i saw you stripping or thing <laughs> like you were there oh shit i didn't know that mom um <laughs> no, <my> mom <laughs> did it yeah
1: did it help your confidence not seeing uh, the audience absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah of course yeah yeah no. Yeah, I I wonder about that, ever performing with... You ever try to do stand-up without your glasses? (laughs) (laughs) Living on the edge. (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, I probably have, like, in character or something. I've done a bunch of character stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that's all right. I'd rather
0: have them on because I like to to interact with at least the first couple rows. and I want to see, like, their faces, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, if somebody says something or doesn't, I want to be... I want to be able to see their face or yeah. even recognize who it is. I I wouldn't yeah. without without yeah. glasses. Probably.
0: It's very important for me to make a connection with people. Yeah. Um, do you do a lot of crowd work and stuff? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's. What, I host my own show every Tuesday. I've done right. I've hosted an open mic every Tuesday for five years, and uh, Damn. yeah, it's a big thing. Like I try to challenge myself to not do any material to just do right. crowd work or reactions off the previous comedian, or mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's definitely helped me as a stand up. If any guys want advice, I would say start an open mic and host it, and you will learn a lot about
1: stand-up doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of a lot of experience. How many shitty comedians have you seen perform? Is that too many? <laughs> Can you give hundreds? Give us a number. Yeah, hundreds. No, really, hundreds. I've seen a, a lot, lot of, of people th- that come just once and and never show up again. I mean, or
0: I don't think there's any shitty comedians. It's just people that don't get it. Like I've I've just seen so yeah. many people start from scratch and absolutely suck and then gradually get better just sure. through experience and working hard.
1: I don't think there's any shitty comedians. There's just okay. Now that's that's your liberal background talking, isn't it? No, I yeah. Not, I just want to. It is. It <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. No, I, no, but I partly agree with you. But I mean, there are some people who just really just shouldn't be doing it right I well mean, there's some on, people there's... who like morally i don't agree with so are <laughs> okay. just, just
0: fucking evil and yeah, like that too but they might be a good comedian but they're assholes like okay. i don't want to see this person either like i i see more of that i think
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know you you mean who they are personally or on stage what they represent or what they just say
0: like I, it's less so maybe in berlin but like just like just obvious sexist misogynistic okay, yeah.
1: stupid shit I yeah, we got a lot of that here. I, yeah, yeah, I can't
0: I can't stand it. I mean, I, you know, I did plenty of that stuff starting out. It's just like you want to get a reaction on the audience and
1: you think this is how you do it. Yeah. Go for the, in, <sighs> just, the easy flat joke or whatever. I can't get It gets on your nerves, nerves, I can tell, yeah. It gets on <laughs> <nerves>. <laughs> so, but there's there's kind of a community like uh or you have at least a small circle of of friends or other comics that you they work with or whatever, but it, it's not like everybody knows everybody or no, stories, they do. They do. More yeah. or less,
0: actually, it's getting a little bigger now. There's a couple new comedians I don't know. I see names now that I don't recognize. Right, yeah. But we all do everyone each other's shows, so it's only a matter of time before I meet these people. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely expanded to the point where like last Thursday, this is a, this was a first in our scene. We had four English shows on one night.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: it was crazy. And at the same
1: venue? No, three oh, okay, four just, different venues. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Um, but yeah, we've, we've, and you still got decent turnout or somebody yeah, had to well, suffer my show. We, we had
0: a good turnout. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think they all had enough audience to have a good show. Yeah. Like it's harder to perform for five than it is for 20. Sure. Yeah, definitely. What was I going to say? Oh yeah. I mean, that's the thing I like about the Berlin scene is that like me and my friend Caroline, we've been doing our show for three and a half, almost four years. And she's like a burnout from the London scene. Like, she was like an up-and-coming comedian to watch in London, and she okay. got sick of it. She couldn't handle the politics and the backstabbing and all the bullshit. Yeah. And, you know, I had a, a taste of that in Denver, and then definitely whenever I go to New York City, I get a feel for that. We wanted to have a scene where it was more communal and supportive. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there's no way to go up, like, there's no money, really, and there's no, like, TV deals or anything waiting for you. Not a clear path. It has to be a scene of people just doing it for the love of it, and therefore, like, it's less competitive and less backbitey. Yeah. But when you get into the German scene, like, then it is more competitive, like, that. Yeah, because
1: they have that perspective of, what, a TV deal or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's more egos involved. There's, I don't know how much you know about that, but there's, like, uh, is there stand- German stand-ups that went on to do sitcom or whatever? Do they have that? or um, Maybe not this generation.
0: I'm yeah. sure that's happened, but my favorite German comedian is, is Bastian Pestevka, and uh-huh. he, he has a show called called Pestevka. It's like basically German curbed your enthusiasm. Okay. curb your enthusiasm. And he started as a sketch guy from the uh-huh. Vulcan show, so... He never did stand-up. He does sketch. But he'll do like one-man sketch and the, call it a, a stand-up. Play. Yeah, yeah. But there's no path like we had in the States, sure. like in the 80s. Like, yeah. You get your, you know, everyone loves Raymond, you know. You start up as a great stand-up,
1: then you get your sitcom, Seinfeld, mm-hmm. and then you're a billionaire. No, I mean, that's no longer true for the U.S. either, right? I, no, mean, I don't not, think so. Not at this point? I don't think so.
0: Yeah, that's something that disgusts me, actually. Is like especially in New York now. Like when they promote a showcase, it's always just a list of comedians and then their credits. He's been on Conan. He's been on this. He's been on that. Like everyone just wants to be on TV. I mean, I guess they have to do that for money, but I don't understand why you want to be part of that establishment yeah. of the fuckers that lie to people. So I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 from yeah. very
1: I'm from very left wing family. Yeah, yeah. Family. Yeah, strong convictions. You, you wouldn't go on on TV if they asked you.
0: I don't know. I think I have been on TV. I don't yeah. remember. In
1: Germany. Okay. I've been, on TV?
0: I've been in movies. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. In German movies or English language movies? Um, German movies. Okay. Just one or two. Just short spots. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. If I could use it in a way where I would get money that I could devote towards causes I believed in, mm-hmm. I guess. If I could use it as a platform, I would. Yeah. But if I got censored, uh, like this guy, Jamie Kilstein... He's even more to the left than Lee Camp. Like I think he was on Conan or something. He got censored either there or on Letterman. Yeah, I can't remember completely, or
1: they just cut his. Material. Yeah, there's this
0: whole bit about war or something, and they uh-huh. took it out. I don't know. He's just, and then and then they cut the commercial, and it's like, fucking GE or someone yeah. else that makes weapons or something like of course. that, or some oil well, I mean, company that's destroying it's NBC, the planet.
1: Right? Or, or not at this point, but if we're talking about NBC, that that's basically GE, right? So. It's or at, all, at least it it's used all, to be. It's all the same mafia. Yeah. I don't... Whatever. <laughs> it
0: doesn't matter. I don't draw distinctions. Right, yeah, yeah. And I just don't know why people mm. want to be part of that establishment. I like live I, comedy. This is my point. I sure. like live comedy. Yeah. I like being there, people in my face, in a basement, dirty floor, fucking shit falling off the ceiling, just weird-ass, like, drunks from, like... I got this friend, he's from Syria. He's in the front row heckling every, every show. Like, you know, I got this friend from, you know, Russia who does comedy. Like, mm. I just, like... Crazy mutants that come through the Berlin scene. That's what I like, and and <laughs> yeah. live, and just hanging out and having a good time. That's what matters.
1: I, I mean, I guess as far as American talk shows or whatever, people do that because they, they're hoping it'll lead to something. Yeah, they, they want the exposure, and they can put maybe on their poster. I was on... On Conan, but I think even at this no, point, understand. it's not even that big a deal anymore. Like, I mean, yeah, it's a big deal for a comedian to be up yeah, there, yeah. but he's not going to get anything out of it, and especially not money. I think, yeah, oh, it's, your fe- it's like feudalism. It's like people go back to performing in basements. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like, like
0: your what? I was going to say it's like feudalism. Oh, okay. Like having those credits is like having the stamp of approval of your like your lord of your manor who says yeah. you can go to the next manor or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, maybe people still think like you know johnny carson days or whatever it's like okay you're on the tonight show it's that means yeah you're recognized in the business or whatever as being a professional or something i right? think
0: comedians need to find other ways we, yeah. we all artists need to find better ways of supporting ourselves than having to suck dick <laughs> <laughs> suck corporate dick we need yeah. to find ways to support each other yeah we need to yeah.
1: basically, you basically need a global union of artists to tell these assholes to fuck off all right, let's, yeah, let's, all right, give me a piece of paper. Let's write a manifesto. We'll start right I'll here. I'll write manifestos, man. Yeah. I write manifestos all day. <laughs> I can't even say the word. All right, write manifestos all day. <laughs> yeah, a different one every day. Nobody yeah. knows what the fuck's going on. But you do have, uh, like strong political convictions or things. You, you try to get, uh, social messages in there into your material and yeah stuff, i, I mean i say
0: this and then but my act is not so political or social yeah, i'm trying yeah. to push it more in that direction um but when i you know when i start off i do the easy stuff about traveling in europe and that sure. kind of stuff just trying to relate to people talking about local things um or just like light stuff about my family or background but yeah like last year um this gets this this gets heavy but uh, last year last winter um my brother passed away of uh, cancer. He had a uh, melanoma, skin cancer. Mm. He was like sick for a while. Um, you know, I guess we were expecting it, but it still sucked. Yeah. And like the same week that happened, or a week or two after the, watch it was a month. It was a month after. Anyways, the uh, the Michael Garner, sorry, Michael Brown verdict came out, uh-huh. where the police in Ferguson were acquitted of uh, murdering. Michael Brown, and then a week later, the Eric Garner verdict came out, and then again, that was a guy in New York City who was mm-hmm. killed by the police, innocent guy who was killed by the police, yeah, um, who was murdered by the police. So all these protests popped up. So like this lit, lit up the old lefty in me. So I started marching every fucking day out yeah. there. And so I have this whole new bit about being on the streets of New York City, like tying up traffic and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like at rush hour. We 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 stopped like Fifth Avenue at rush hour. Right. Yeah. Maybe I should talk about this on the air, but um
1: <laughs>
0: But but I have a whole new bit about doing that. Um and then I try to talk about why I got involved in that stuff in the beginning, coming from a political family, what was political about my family. Mm-hmm. Having a grandfather who would listen to Noam Chomsky every day okay. before dinner. Uh, when I was very little, I was in a protest at an air force
1: base with my parents. Okay, I was kind of joking about the le- uh, the liberal upbringing, but I guess I kind of hit the mark. Maybe, yeah. Any 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 people from Solidarity listening? Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's up, Lech Walesa? Is that le- Lech Walesa. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's not listening, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is he still alive? I've, by the way, yeah, yeah. As far as I know, I mean, he's he's tweeting and stuff. I he's think tweeting. I, yeah, Nick Valesa is tweeting. I think so, or Instagram or something. He's he'll post these funny pictures of of uh, you know him like visiting Polish people in Chicago or whatever. Okay, and it's just so it's like okay, former president, the uh, union leader, whatever, and and like kind of renowned figure, but he's he's just always that same guy with yeah. the mustache, and it's like when you see that, that's like. You immediately know, okay, Polish people. That's what Polish people look uh-huh. like of that generation, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, immigrants. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. Uh, there's so much uh, atmosphere there. But yeah, I don't know. He's I don't know what he's doing now. He's he's pretty old, I guess. Yeah. He's... Um, have you read? You probably haven't, but there's this book called "The Shock Doctrine"
0: by Naomi Klein.
1: No, I mean, I, yeah, I know, I've heard of her uh, of the book, obviously, but and there's
0: a whole chapter on what happened in Poland after oh, really? after the Cold War how uh, like Valesa well, uh, and the uh, solidarity were sold out um by the capitalists
1: who basically uh-huh. took over and turned it into a, what it is today yeah. anyways it's- my my parents had um illegal uh, print, small printing press in here when like i don't know yeah. back when it was still illegal to yeah. distribute certain materials and they'd have a so I, I imagine some people from solidarity could be could have been hanging out here for uh, in this apartment. Yeah, in this oh, apartment. Cool. Uh, but oh, nice. uh, I don't know too much about that, but yeah. Uh
0: but yeah, if anyone if you're interested, you should read the the chapter mm-hmm. in, okay. in Shock Doctrine is the book of yeah. Naomi Klein and there's a whole chapter on what happened in Poland in the 80s and 90s. Right. Uh what was I going to ask you? Oh, when you were in America, you were there for
1: 10 years? Yeah, kind of on and off. Yeah, but
0: yeah. Ten, basically ten years. Did you experience anti-Polish like racism? <laughs> yeah, not really.
1: Not maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't really call it racism, I guess. Right, but um, discrimination. Sure, I, or jokes. <laughs> no, you know, discrimination would be more more apt, even not without the Polish part. I think yeah. it was just being in uh, an immigrant and yeah, sure. early on, not, uh, not speaking English that well. Yeah. You know, my parents, obviously you can tell r- right away that they're immigrants. So they get treated yeah. a little differently. There's definitely that, especially in fucking suburbs of Dallas and Texas. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, which is, you know, you know, mostly white middle class, all that shit. Yeah, and, yeah. and so, yeah, yeah. You know, my, my mom didn't feel all that comfortable my there. Mom. For example, I'm sure that's partly her fault, but you know, yeah. they kind of let you know it that you're not, uh, you're not you're, from there. You're not from there, but I can't really say I. Yeah, mm, it was just traumatic for me at first yeah. when uh, not mostly just not speaking English and being yeah. there as a kid, and all this stuff changing. But I know. I, I I didn't learn about Polish jokes until a while later. We were in Chicago for a minute for like a few months, but mm, the, I don't think they have that stereotype as yeah. much I, as much I, in Texas or or Seattle even more.
0: I think it's an upstate New York thing, maybe. I don't know because upstate New York is De- settled by like Italian and Polish immigrants. Yeah, definitely. And, and there's always Polak jokes. Like, right. Oh, yeah. He's just a Polak. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We grew up a friend with a friend, uh, <coughs> hardcore Polish last name, and yeah, it's, uh-huh. like everything about them was Polish. Like even if it was just something that was just their personality trait. Like always oh, wearing sweatpants on a Sunday, Polak. Fucking like, the Polak. Kind of, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know what it is. Uh, the problem with a lot of the a lot of the like street jokes is they're not. They're not uniquely Polish in any way. Like no, exactly. Yeah, I've yeah, heard yeah. the same thing said about you know I don't know Irish or black people or exactly, whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like yeah, not that. But some I, I don't. I, I get where some of the stereotypes yeah. come from. Yeah. Obviously, you know.
0: Who's the most recent immigrant here? Let's make fun of them. <laughs> yeah. But but then like the stereotypes of Polish people are way worse in uh, Germany actually. Really? Yeah, they're like bike thieves. That's like the big joke in Berlin.
1: Yeah, thieves and car thieves and bike yeah. thieves. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But every Polish person I've met is really nice. I actually dated a Polish girl last year. Yeah, yeah, she was great. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, most of the ones that make it to Germany, I like, seem pretty intelligent. Or I mean, I know a lot of
1: like university students. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of laborers there, or you yeah, know, people. Also. Maybe some people taking advantage of the system or whatever. But each place you go is probably. different. I'm sure there's a huge population. Uh, in new york but especially chicago like that's a whole other story yeah yeah? because you have generations of polish people there and and i i could easily make fun of polish immigrants who have stayed there you know it's like they're totally different oh of course they're americanized they still have certain uh polish traits but they're totally american and they yeah it's this weird melding of of cultures yeah uh what's uh, what's your fa- oh this is what people ask in the u.s always oh, yeah. it's like what's your family where's your oh, family uh, it's so from? important yeah yeah. we have to give ourselves additional identity because we're all white and we need some kind of feeling Cause of multi- we all- multiculturalism <laughs> well because we my have- my family's half german and irish in
0: right yeah we need that identity because yeah. otherwise where are you from uh, a sea of parking lots and shopping malls <laughs> yeah like- yeah yeah, my town's unique because we have a Starbucks next to a w- Wendy's next to a Burger King instead of a Starbucks <laughs> next to a Wendy's next to a McDonald's. It's very different in my town. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> my mom's side of the family, it's kind of mysterious, actually. I mean, all her grandparents are from Germanish areas, like okay. I think Luxembourg, Austria, some are from... Where's pils Kwelk from uh, in Czech, in Czech Republic? Okay. Pilsen, Pilsen. Yeah. One of my great-grandmothers is from there, I think. Uh-huh. I don't know, and then my dad's side, they're from uh, Sicily. Okay, right, yeah. His grandparents are from Sicily.
1: Interesting, German and Sicilian mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I remember my grandfather speaking German in the house And swearing in German uh-huh. and stuff Scheißdreck, he would say that <laughs> uh-huh. I had no idea what it meant until I moved to, to Europe uh-huh.
1: Was that in any way a factor of you going to Berlin? I'm thinking, Yeah, about it? a little bit, because he had just passed away that year That I, mm-hmm. that I moved here So I,
0: before I even thought about moving here I spontaneously just started becoming interested in the German language And I just,
1: I don't know why, I just started trying to learn German okay. Before I even decided to yeah. come here so, so you already had some knowledge at that point. Are is, is your German good enough to understand comedy in, in German? Uh,
0: unless it's like in a weird dialect, yeah. I, okay. If they're speaking uh, high German, Hochdeutsch, then yeah, 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 I can understand it. But cool. But there's That's, every region
1: has its own dialect, and like, sure. I'm sure it's the same here. Not not so much. Really? I think. I mean, obvi- yeah. There's obviously like different accents and and some. Cities or, or regions have kind of like, uh, like Silesia has its own kind of, you could say, dialect, or, mm. or they use a bunch of words that, and ways of speaking that other people wouldn't understand. And then yeah. Kashube is a whole nother culture. But other than that, like, I don't think you'd ever have that problem where you can't yeah. communicate or something. You know, yeah. it's not, it's pretty sure. every Everybody has their own local patriotism and they think, oh, we're so unique here because we yeah, fucking. Of course put our pierogi on the left side of yeah, the plate. Yeah, exactly. You know, but exactly. <laughs> but we're not that... We're pretty homogenous here, I think. Yeah? Uh. Mm, or at least we like to think so. I don't know. Uh, Poland was kind of a, a melting pot, even though you can't you can't really tell because everybody's more or less white. But, I mean, yeah. all these w- cultures came through here, yeah. kind of. And, yeah, you seem to have far less uh, immigrants here. Yeah. Uh, than in than Berlin, at least. Oh, definitely. Germany. I mean, in, in Warsaw, it's kind of it's probably the the most you'll find i guess yeah. but but yeah not that many and not not assimilated probably as well so right plus you have like this scary right-wing party in power now right yeah that's kind of fucked now yeah. i'm trying to not even pay too much attention to that and
0: i've heard them compared to the job in a uh, hungary
1: it's a varied group you know it's yeah. not, you can't really say they're all the same yeah sure. but some of the some of those people are fucking crazy, and they definitely should not be um, anywhere near legislation. Yeah. So, uh, it's it's hard to say what's what's going to ha- happen at this point. But yeah. they kind of have the majority. So right.
0: Yeah, yeah well, it's an emerging it's an emerging trend in Europe in general. All the countries seem to be sliding to the right. Yeah. It's fucking creepy.
1: <laughs> well, I feel like we had a similar situation, like I don't know, whatever it was, eight years ago or something. Yeah. And, and there was also some like. Kind of extreme people and parties in, in parliament that people never th- thought they would get yep. there yeah and then and nobody gives a shit now and they're still in politics, mm. but I don't know that anything really happened back then that uh, uh, we're already far enough behind like then they, yeah. did, they didn't do much damage i don 't know about now because uh, both the president and uh, I don't know enough about politics to even be getting into that, so what do you think of that, animal but, bridges? animal bridges
0: yeah you got that new highway that connects berlin to warsaw and you have animal bridges you have these
1: wide bridges oh, okay, where like yeah. deer can go over Versus, the highway uh, yeah i i don't know i guess pro animal <laughs> bridge i think they're awesome <laughs> i never saw one before i thought yeah, they're no, so I, cool i just heard about it a little while ago i think it's interesting i don't know i i'd prefer to hear the opinion of uh, you know someone who knows what the fuck they're talking about yeah. it seems like a good idea to me yeah
0: because American highways, at least in New York, it's just constant deer attacks, yeah. just deer trying to cross the highway, yeah, and to cause them the accidents and stuff, so sure,
1: well, how do they know to use the bridge? It's I don't bridge. know they're like <laughs> super wide, and like okay. the fences
0: sort of lead them to 'em yeah I don't know if they have like deer snacks on top of the bridge i don't right. I don't know what deers <laughs> deers and <laughs> deer eat yeah. do you have uh, like wild boars here, yeah, yeah, do they attack people?
1: No, i don't think so okay very re- seldom i would guess okay. there, there might not be enough of them or anything for them to have enough confidence to you know just be yeah. mugging people on the street <laughs> um but yeah not not in the middle of the city either you kind of okay. have to go to yeah to at least a smaller forest or
0: okay we sometimes there's wild boar attacks in yeah germany. in germany
1: yeah in berlin uh no not in berlin but outside. Okay. the vault,
0: the Grunewald I think the forest right outside right. right near where uh they decided to have the holocaust uh there's been boar attacks I think <laughs> yeah I was in uh Slovakia over the summer in the mountains sort of in the middle mm-hmm. and uh I was sleeping in a tent every night on a field and wild boar would come down from the mountains every night and like snort around like the grass looking for yeah. maggots and I would just, like, lock myself in my tent and just yeah. fucking shiver. And, like, yeah, what do you do then? And, yeah, like, you just guess, fucking not die is what you do. I don't know. <laughs> it was scary.
1: Yeah, I mean, my my mom lives in an apartment building, which is close to a more or less, uh, what do you call it, man-planted, man-created forest? Man-planted. I like that. It's <laughs> not, not an actual uh, collocation that exists. But, you know, next to a small forest. Which right, right. Is, I mean it's like it's kind of a city forest like people yeah. go go ride bikes and jog there and mm-hmm. everything but it's deep enough where there's animals there and you mm-hmm. could definitely find a boar but I've never heard obviously there must be other uh, you know it's the papers would rather write about uh, how awful immigrants are so Oh right yeah well the boars are not a big problem at this case Yeah we're kind of getting off track. I don't. But sorry, man. Well, but this is I, no. This I, is fine. You know, can gonna, edit it. I can always cut something. All right. So you told me about how you got into stand up. How you started in Berlin. Well, what are you doing now? What's what are your next steps? Do you want to be stand up your main thing as far as comedy, or do you want to eventually be writing or or doing other kind of performances or acting or something?
0: Uh, I don't know. I'm having this dilemma in my brain right yeah, now. Actually. Right. Now. Sorry I, for bringing it up, huh? uh, It's okay, man. <laughs> I'm, like I said, I, I like. If I could host my open mic every night and just have, have that be my job, that uh-huh. would be ideal. Yeah. Just small venue, small situation, everything just live. Right. I just really just like the moment of performing live. Sure. And like if I could do a whole. One of my goals has been to be able to do a whole solo show that's improvised. Oh, wow. And have it be like, good. Like, yeah, like yeah, it would yeah, be sure. so good that like, people would swear I wrote it or something. Mm hmm. And I have tastes of that here and there when I do a show, but yeah, so far I haven't been able to figure that out. I, I For a while I was planning on going to Fringe Festival, I can't do it right now because I don't have the money. Uh, I wanted to take a solo show to Fringe Festival in, do you know the Fringe in Edinburgh? Yeah, yeah. I've been there three times, but just as part of a group show. Uh-huh. I would like to do a solo show there, and either something that's more in this political vein or something that's completely improvised. Uh-huh. But I... Don't know how to do that. There's a handful of comedians who do completely improvised solo stuff, including my friend John Robertson, who was just in Uh Berlin. He lives in London. Completely improvised stand-up. I saw him do 30 minutes in Leipzig a couple weeks ago, and it was just breathtaking. He just comes out, he starts just kind of observing the room and just you know making fun of the room and then kind of the front row and then just works his way into the crowd further and further mm-hmm. and just finds little patterns and like little okay. stories that are happening and he's got amazing stage presence and he'll just slip into some kind of character yeah. or some other kind of character. I don't know how he did it, man. He's he's a genius, and
1: I it's I like, lean towards that. I want to be able to do that. But. Sure, it's more all more or less based around the the crowd and the place, and that he doesn't do uh, topical or what a material or anything like that. Oh, uh, he
0: he actually okay. I saw him do it twice. So I think I he slips into a couple things that you could see are kind of maybe written or topical, yeah. but it's just in this seamless flow of yeah, just yeah. improv no, get in the it. moment. I'm,
1: I'm sure it's. It's impressive when when you see it live, yeah. but I'm just w- wondering because this is interesting. Like I've talked to because I, I know some comedians that are stand up comics that are uh, do improv as well, or do one guy that does mostly improv and 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 he does really well with stand up, but he's not even that into it, which is kinda of, yeah. well, kind of funny. He's like he he comes and he kills, and he's like yeah, eh, he goes whatever th- to do his own thing some somewhere else but I always wonder like people say oh I just you know that was on the spot whatever but if you're performing all the time and, and riffing or whatever it's kind of like you're writing material up there right yeah so is it it's not like you never refer back to that you sure, know I mean? sure so it's not I'm, what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is at a certain point how much of that is actually improvised and, and how much is you just calling back on what you've you know done before or whatever do you know what I mean
0: yeah I don't know. I've I've just I've found that I have what I call ghost jokes, which are like jokes that I always, I repeatedly do in the moment. Yeah. But I never wrote down or I never planned. Right, right. They're never a thing that's in my set list going into show, but they just happen over and over again. I'll, it'd be great if I could get to a situation where that'd be my entire show. They, I, they say, do you like Patrice O'Neill? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I haven't seen that much of his yeah. stuff, but sure. They say like he never wrote anything down. I don't know if this is true or not. That's what I
1: heard. I guess, yeah.
0: Then he would just go out there and just start talking, and that would be his show. Yeah. But I never saw him like I never saw him like three nights in a row or something where I could tell if he, sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, no, I'm I'm pretty sure he has. I mean, he recorded specials and stuff, so yeah. I'm I'm imagining he has to have bits like you could sit hear the say, him even in recordings hear yeah. him say the almost the exact same yeah, yeah. thing, right? He but just, yeah, but maybe he just didn't use pen and paper that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. As, as,
0: well, I mean, keep in mind, he started at, well, like age 15 or something. Yeah. Okay. All the greats have started at 15. Like, what the fuck are we doing? How old yeah, are you? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm 32, so. You just started? Oh, uh, yeah, five years ago. Yeah, I started around 30, right? Yeah. You know, I'm like,
0: what? And, like, <laughs> I just, I see how how much better I've gotten mm-hmm. since I started where I can get on stage uh, and just feel confident and know that something funny will happen. I'm not going to bomb, really. Knock on, is this wood? that's wood yeah knock on wood yeah, like i don't bomb tonight i don't know i'm a little worried but uh, j- just knowing like how, how much b- better how much i've improved in six years like yeah if you were 15 and you started and you and you're now 40 or whatever like you know dave Chappelle, sure just thinking about how good you would be like it would, i feel like patrice o'neill towards the end of his life was just floating in a constant sea of truth and he was just like <laughs> just constantly seeing and talking and just, like, constantly expressing his truth all the time, whether it was yeah. on stage or on the radio or just right, in person. Yeah, yeah. There was never any difference between him on stage and him off stage. That's, that's probably true. I feel like We're he just... hit, like, this John Coltrane, like, perfection of <laughs> being where he could just get on stage and just funny just poured out of him. And yeah. it was beautiful, funny. Like, I, have you seen, like, Elfin in the Room? Yeah, or I think that's
1: the only special I've seen from him.
0: Uh, Mr. P is his uh, his uh, his album. His his most, that, yeah, that he gets into like the economic crisis and stuff, and that it's fucking
1: brilliant. Yeah, really good shit. You didn't have a problem with with all his misogynistic shit. Apart oh, I got from a problem that? with that, but yeah, uh, but, he's, that, but he's still fucking funny, right? It's yeah, just, yeah. It's, uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I I don't have a problem with because my comedy partner Caroline, who's a lesbian, like. Uh-huh she doesn't have, she loves him he's her favorite comedian so I think she for her it's like really? funny is funny you know yeah okay you know and you could see like he's still a good person underneath that like sort of misogyny
1: mm-hmm. It's yeah it right. seems like that's what everybody said about him is that yeah. they're so naturally funny and I don't know I don't know what constitutes a good person to be I'm not that sure about yeah. it You know, there's so much gray area but yeah
0: so if I have any goal as a comedian that would be it, to hit that level and I know that's like that's basically impossible like You'd have to get the amount of stage time he got for that long, or I'd have to double the amount of stage time. I, I think about it mathematically, you know. Sure, <laughs> yeah. How yeah. much stage time did Patrice O'Neill get between age fifteen and when he passed away uh-huh. as a genius? Compared <laughs> to how much stage? What's my rate of stage time right, right now? It's not that, just stage time; it's effective stage time. Like, how do you? Yeah. I think we fetishize stage time too much, and people will just do gig after gig after gig, and they'll become these open mic creatures who don't live and don't reflect on their experience. Right. And uh, they don't have a life outside, and they don't improve. They don't listen to the recording of their set and find those little places where they could have tightened up, done this. They just do the same set over and over again, and feel like that's enough to make them great.
1: Yeah, I think surely people fall in that into that. Maybe especially if they're getting paid and nobody demands more of them. I guess some people will do that. Yeah. Mm. Here, it's still often a question of you can't even get enough shows. I think. Hmm. You know, even for for people who who are at a decent level and are in Polish, uh, you can't get enough shows. Yeah, I mean, you really have to hustle to work at it. Like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not a matter of okay, people aren't inviting me because something. It's just there's not that many places yeah. that you can go. Do you have your own show? uh No, no, I don't. Which uh, you know, I probably should have, but at this point, it's like. Uh, in Warsaw, I'm not even sure there's there's room. Like, I would have to maybe find a, a niche or something. Like, yeah, maybe another yeah. open mic because there's not really a regular one or something like that. But um,
0: my first open mic that I, at Joe's Bar, which I hosted for like two years, it was a mix of comedy, poetry, and music because I knew there was there weren't enough comedy mm-hmm. comedians yet in Berlin at the yeah. time, and there weren't enough people that wanted to see comedy. So it was just an excuse for me to get stage time. Sure. So I would host it and there'd be 10 acts and I would just riff in between everything. It didn't matter if it was music or poetry. I was still doing comedy riffs mm-hmm. between and that was a way that I could
1: gain experience. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Without having there to be a whole comedy thing. Did you get laughs in between the poet and the folk guitar player? Dude, or I not? was so drunk. I assume I did. I don't know. <laughs> I could okay. be wrong. There were some weird nights, but
0: it was, it was great. It was a great yeah. experience.
1: Hosting is is, is, is I think, great. Uh great experience for any any comic you know there's like there's as far as the Polish scene there's a handful of comedians that are touring and, and kind of making a living off yeah. that just just a handful but in general it's and a it's, new idea to do stand-up it's still kind of a new idea yeah. yeah and and I think we're kind of at this point where it's really actually becoming popular the media are sort of aware of it now you know there's stuff on TV you can yeah. see and uh, but it it's just like okay they 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 do a stand-up segment on TV, but they don't really know how to do it. So yeah. it's fucked. Like, the audience isn't prepared or there's something else wrong. Right. Or, or you know, you have all these – well, not all these because there's maybe, I don't know, maybe 50 comedians, mm. all of them, like, in Poland, I imagine. But there's just people that shouldn't, you know – they're not ready to, <laughs> to be up there or they're just stealing material or shit yeah. like that. And people buy it because they just don't know. They're yeah. not uh, – we don't have a stand-up educated audience sure, here, yeah, right? Yeah. Obviously. So,
0: what's like the the best city for Polish stand-up? Is it here? Or
1: I mean, I would I would say Warsaw, just because of, I guess the amount of people and hmm. and comics and opportunities is is just uh, it's just the largest number-wise. I would say it's. I yeah. don't know if it's the best city. Like Wrocław is pretty interesting. Like Jim Williams over there, American guy, he does. Uh, all, all kinds of open mics and, and evenings there. And uh, he always gets a good turnout of like ex- expats and students yeah, yeah. from abroad and all this stuff. So the crowd is there. It's always a pretty good show. You could do crowd work there because, you know, people from different cultures mm-hmm. or whatever. But there's not, the, there's no comics there. Mm-hmm. There's not enough comics. So uh, in other cities, there's like more comics, but not enough people know about stand up. And so yeah. I think uh, Warsaw is just. The capital because of size mostly and TV being here and all that. Yeah. But um, are there many female comedians? Not many. No. Yeah. I mean, I guess the proportion is probably kind of average for yeah. considering the number of people. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I could probably name like five at this point that are that people would maybe recognize. So yeah, not not great. Yep. But, yeah. What about Berlin? Is that?
0: Yeah, it's probably also proportional. I mean. We we try to encourage female comedians. And sure, my open mic like, every Tuesday. You know, it was like eight nine performers, and usually like two of them will be women. Okay, and then yeah, my comedy partner Caroline is one of the funniest people I know. She's one of the best. She, yeah, most people say she's the best comedian in Berlin. Okay. Um, uh, What's her last name? Clifford Caroline okay. Clifford. Um, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if there's something about the form of comedy in general or stand up in particular that women don't like or if it's just too competitive or it's just too masculine and macho. Mm-hmm. I mean there's still audience members who are shitty and just say things like Come up they'll come up to Caroline after a show and she'll clearly been the best comedian that night and they'll be like, Oh, it's pretty good for a woman or yeah. like why don't you do like normal jokes? Why do you got to do jokes about like your vagina and like growing up as a woman and being yeah, a lesbian? Because yeah. that's my life. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All these men just did jokes about penises. Like, yeah, why yeah. can't I talk tell these jokes? Um, uh, yeah, sometimes I think women don't do stand up because they're just too smart. <laughs> <laughs> right, they have like,
1: other endeavors that maybe are more yeah, fulfilling. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but also like maybe there's not enough community feeling at times, yeah, sure, or or just
1: in general women are not encouraged to speak their mind the way men are. Yeah, I, I think you probably listed m- most of the reasons, potential reasons. I've I've had a couple of female comedians on, and and I ask them about it, you know, cautiously because obviously i don't know what their attitude is, is what, but I, I kind of feel like you know for them it's also a hack question like yeah. so how what, what's it like being a woman in comedy yeah it's, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. it's like i think chelsea peretti or something mm-hmm. was saying she's like okay it's like telling jokes but i have a bit of vagina between my legs yeah. all the time it's like okay it's not right. you know the the fact that i'm even asking the question is a, yeah. is i guess a form of uh you know discrimination yeah, or yeah, yeah. something but but I am curious. I learned long ago
0: not to introduce female comedians by highlighting the fact that they're a female comedian. Yeah.
1: That's not, what's your observation? Like, does that hurt their show or just they get pissed off or what? Caroline told me not to do it. Okay. All right.
0: (laughs) I don't know. She just like, just focus on them as a
1: comedian. Yeah, sure.
0: And as a person, not as like their specific thing. And like, we have a couple of gay, gay comedians as well. I mean, she's a gay comedian. Right. Uh, male gay comedians i don't introduce this next comedian is a gay comedian like i just picture like a hack fucking host would do that you know? yeah and i don't want to be that guy so sure. i'll just say where they're from or something some anecdote or something like that yeah but yeah you, you want to set them up to look good you know you don't want people to just focus on their boobs or whatever
1: yeah well
0: <laughs> we've got some really really great funny female
1: comedians like coming up in the scene so yeah it's pretty exciting earlier you were talking about um middle class white guys and stuff what is isn't that kind of changing like it seems like they're even promoting more diversity in yeah, comedy like it, they're, it actually, they're just looking for people that are you know interesting in other ways or yeah no, do you see true. that in in berlin because it's also kind of like a fairly open community artistic community there or society like
0: i mean our scene is fairly diverse yeah um And the German scene right now, like the official, I mean, like the on TV scene is still kind of white, still kind of racist. Like if you're a person of color or migra- migration background, as they call it. Yeah. Um, You know, they still there still tends to be fairly racist stuff where there's expectation to do. It. Like if you're an Arab person, you got to do your Arab with a bomb joke. Yeah or if you're an African you, there's this one guy his whole bit is that he's a janitor mm-hmm. kind of thing but i think the the younger generation is is starting to expect you know that a diverse uh a lineup doesn't mean that they have to be racial stereotypes of themselves yeah. they can actually just be people yeah. uh and it's definitely getting better in america there's that new guy who's uh he's actually coming to berlin hari Kondolobu. oh right uh, yeah he he um he's opening up things i think racially okay where is he performing in Berlin? At the Comedy Cafe Berlin. Are you
1: uh, organizing that?
0: Or? No, my friends are. Okay, uh, I'm just gonna watch.
1: It's like not a not a big venue or anything. No, right? no, it's just like 70, 80 okay. seats. He's he happens to be in London for something else, so he's All just right. gonna come by. That's cool. Yeah. So you didn't have to pay him uh, a lot of money up front. Or oh, anything? I don't I don't know what they're doing. Okay, it's, their, yeah. it's their production. I don't yeah, know anything. It's their to business do it. anyway. Um, yeah, it's like it's like this thing. Like, do you reward
0: people just because they're funny, or should there be? I mean, like, you know, sometimes is it enough to be funny? Is it we'll, what we'll have this dilemma that? all the time where we will, we, you know, because we have to. We book this open mic like, every Tuesday, and we'll get people applying to do the show, and we look at the list of comedians who wanted to do the show. It's always between like 15 and 20 people. And we have to decide what kind of show do we want to program. It happens that proportionally speaking, most of the funny comedians we know are middle class white dudes. Yeah. There's other people, though, that are also of a more diverse background who are also very funny. So we try to balance it that way. But then, you know, once or twice, we do have to put someone in just for the diversity of the show. Um, And, and, you know, half the time they'll surprise us and actually be really good or (laughs) better than we thought. Okay. So it's like almost this like comedy affirmative action,
1: right? Yeah, I was gonna say it was like how how far should that go? Yeah, it's how far what, should that go? And then like I I
0: mean I went as far as to say like Caroline, I think we should have an all women show just to encourage female comedians. She says no, that is insulting, that is patronizing. Yeah, and all the other female comedians have told me the same thing, so I backed off that idea.
1: Right? Yeah, because you you just mentioned earlier like you you know not to introduce a woman comedian yeah. as as per- yeah. As female being her defining yeah. characteristic, but some uh, female comedians will have uh, women's or like in Seattle, there's a, a women's only yeah. open mic or something yeah, or like yeah. a yeah. W- friendly for yeah. stuff like that. So uh, not not everybody finds it insulting. I guess yeah. you know, some people are,
0: I guess for a man to put it on, I I don't know. I just yeah. I'm just not touching that topic. Okay, anymore. yeah, sure. We just try to influence things in a more subtle way. Just, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So, okay, so out of, I don't know, what a couple dozen comedians, how how many women performing at this point? Or I guess most of them are like open micers, yeah, so you wouldn't... Yeah,
0: know. well, there's this woman, uh, Tamika Campbell. She performs in English and German. She's been on TV a bunch. She's actually making a living from it as a German comedian. She's from the States. She's African-American from sure. Bro- from Brooklyn. Um, Yeah, she's great. She's really funny.
1: How many Americans do you know there in Berlin? Too many. Too many, a lot, there's a, a lot. lot, yeah, more American friends than you had in, uh, I don't know, in Syracuse? America. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, no. I've got a lot of Scottish
0: friends. Yeah, and Canadian friends, German friends, plenty of German friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty are they
1: are they all artists or are they for various reasons like I don't know, IT workers or something like that? They're, they're not. All, yeah, there's
0: there's a bunch of IT workers. There's, there's no common bunch.
1: defining trait that they have.
0: Translators, yeah. kindergarten teachers. Okay. Uh, one works for Daumler, uh as an
1: engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, just various okay. backgrounds. And wh- and what about the audiences you have? Is it, is it mostly young people, students, and stuff, or
0: do? You, yeah, mostly. Yeah. Well, they're, Berlin's like the hipster capital of Europe now, so it's a lot of like young, creative types. Yeah and uh, especially in our neighborhood where we do the show of mm-hmm. like Neukölln okay uh, yeah like Erasmus students or more of your older expats with real jobs right um and then just Germans too i mean there's a lot of young Germans speak great english and sure. they come check it out a lot of get a lot of just local berliners
1: yeah but still not many people over 30 or 40 yeah,
0: or like i'm almost show. 40 bro yeah okay. um yeah but i'm not, asking about the audience yeah though, not so I much the, not yeah. so much we the, host one the show early adopters yeah yeah we host one show at the english theater berlin and that tends to draw an older audience so yeah. we'll get more
1: uh-huh. older people there so you kind of have to tone down the dirty stuff a little bit yeah so what i don't know what are your your observations from developing like uh comedy a pioneering comedy scene in a sense or like what what advice could you know, give us maybe or you know, well any strong reflections I mean, that come from that well
0: I, my experiences of starting a pioneering english language comedy scene yeah. in a foreign in a non-english yeah, speaking country example. so it's a little bit different Oh well, sure
1: but yeah um so i
0: have opinions on that specifically but in terms of starting a comedy scene, I mean, just like in the beginning, it just becomes all about stage time and community, and yeah. just trying to put up as many shows as possible with good enough audiences that people can actually get gain confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, if you got more open mics than audience, and you just have a situation where it's five fucking people in the audience or just comedians in the audience, that's terrible. Like yeah. that, that hurts. Um, I don't know. Just find the small bars and restaurants and cafes. Like, is there like a Hipster district of Warsaw, or?
1: there's kind of a problem with that because Bohemian I'm, area. Actually, Mokotów might be th- this area and kind of north might be yeah. considered that in a way. But uh we don't really have like much of a club or uh districts or anything like that. Yeah. Places where there's only cafes or whatever. No, not yeah, so
0: much. we're we're very spoiled in Berlin for that. As yeah. the thing, it's all kind of spread out here. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we started with that show, Comedy and Sin. We were doing it monthly. And my, my comedy partner at the time, Ray, he disagreed with me, but I just took anyone who wanted to perform and give them a couple minutes, 10, 5, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. We try to be a little discerning, but, sure. you know, they invite their friends, and then they they realize, oh, you know, some of them, if they're reflective enough, will realize, oh, I should get better at this. Mm-hmm. So they work harder, and eventually they start their own shows. It's, it's all about regularity, I think, and just yeah. accepting and not... Judging too many people right away, not talking shit too too much right away, and helping each other come that's, up like that's good
1: advice. I think a yeah. lot of people should take that one to heart. Yeah,
0: I mean at times like I or other comedians, o- o more experienced comedians, will watch someone set and give them feedback afterwards, mm-hmm. um, or they'll ask us to do it, and like that that seems to help each o- help yeah. each other. Um, yeah, but um, again, like in in the English scene at least, there's no there's a there's this built-in glass ceiling where we're all gonna get so good and then you know no one's gonna get famous from it no one's gonna really make yeah. money from it yeah. so we're not so competitive but yeah but for you guys i mean you're you want to build that infrastructure and just teaching people about comedy too like having a blog i don't know what your podcast situation is but yeah um some german friends of mine just have a blog where they just write about you know what's going on in the world stand-up comedy mm-hmm. scene and yeah just trying to educate germans about the greater
1: stand up comedy world yeah my, mine was the first uh, stand up podcast and and the only so far really uh, okay. yeah there's one uh there's one guy that writes a a blog uh, kind of about stand-up. yeah, yeah. it's Extramic, but he's yeah. more or less it's more or less personal and kind yeah. of like his own writings and stuff and uh
0: we had a movie theater that was showing stand up comedy specials for a while oh, really People we're just going to that just as Connoisseurs of comedy. Yeah, yeah. Or we would have nights where we'd just all get together and just put a beamer on and watch, like, stand-up specials on the mm-hmm. wall and, like, analyze them, break them down. Yeah. We had a thing called Suck Club <laughs> where younger comedians would record their sets and come to us, mean some of the other experienced comedians, and we'd go through their set and try to figure out, not tell them what to write or what to do, but just try to figure out why their sets didn't go well. Okay, yeah. Like, they would record a set uh-huh. where they really bombed, and, like, we'd listen to them and be like, oh, you should have done this, or that timing was wrong, or yeah, this yeah. joke was
1: evil or whatever that seemed to help people
0: yeah Yeah, it's a lot of like community stuff like that that helps i think
1: yeah i mean yeah it really helps to have some kind of bond i feel like here it's already broken up or kind of individualized like oh these people don't like this guy or whatever even though the scene is so small there's already fractions and stuff which is kind of ridiculous obviously there's competition but it's not really you know about that we need to Create uh, more opportunities rather than than squander. Or worry about the ones. Uh, no, you should. Uh, yeah. S- s- you know. Yeah.
0: Well, me and some of the other people that start shows, we also have this American go-get'em, fucking entrepreneur yeah, attitude
1: yeah. sort of thing. I had that when I came back from Seattle, and then yeah. a year in Poland brought me right back down, <laughs> yeah. back down to everybody's level. I'm like, yeah, m- might not work. But yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Now it'll be great. It'll be great. That will <laughs> just do it. It'll be fine.
1: Yeah. No, that, that helps definitely. Definitely. But yeah, uh, you were saying about uh, starting an English English scene in foreign countries. Yeah. you have any specific uh, notes about that that you think are significant? Or just respect the local culture. Like, yeah.
0: if I mean, um, we're really lucky in that we have a bunch of Germans um, and other Europeans that are involved in our scene, and and they really like English comedy's ability to bring people from diverse backgrounds together. Mm-hmm. But it can also be a force of, like, gentrification and, like, you could be doing shows in a neighborhood that's traditionally German or anarchist or squats or something and you just don't respect any of the local history of any of the local people no. or anything like that. And don't think about comedy's role as a way to, like, increase the property value of a neighborhood, softening it up to real estate speculation, et cetera. Uh, so
1: really? <laughs> Comedy s- has that kind of influence? All in, arts do. Or, I think. Or, yeah, or any all, kind all. of... All the arts, yeah. art initiative in in Berlin. Yeah, yeah.
0: no, in anywhere like the creative, us artists
1: and creatives, we can you know if we're not paying attention, we can just be used and then thrown out. Yeah, no, so. that's true. I just I was just wondering if comedy has that uh, draw or impact enough to change a neighborhood the way? No, you know, not directly, yeah. but you know, it becomes part of a sure a culture. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, you know, then there's another cafe, there's another bar. I mean, I mean, there's various yeah. things. There's also techno parties happening. Of course art galleries you know yoga class. i mean so yeah yeah but in general there's like this this a uh, movement in the world to like uh redevelop the city um and make it less working class and make it more of a playground for the middle class and the rich and you i don't know just i have felt like i've been part of that that movement and it's made me kind of uncomfortable and but she's a old left-wing person uh-huh. um so but i've been right in the middle of doing that in berlin so i have to acknowledge that i'm as part of the part of the problem as as anyone else because i wanted to get laid um (laughs) and and do good comedy yeah Yeah. but yeah the last year has been has been tough because what's happening in america with the racial shit and then my brother passing away so that's why right now i'm not quite sure where i want to go yet with all this all that stuff but i'm happy
1: to be in warsaw (laughs) thanks for having me guys right on man uh yeah i'm not gonna say anything about your show because this will probably air in a uh, in a month Paul, it was amazing oh my god yeah good job oh man that joke that joke about the uh, you know waxing your ass that killed him oh i gotta do that bit (laughs) no i don't wax. i have yeah I i have a stupid joke about waxing my ass that's the first thing that came to mind
0: did you actually do it did you
1: wax your ass no no oh, okay. you're right i yeah maybe it'll work better if i actually do it and you have to do it now speak from experience that's <laughs> true yeah no it's, it's it's about the potential of it and discussing it with the uh, with your partners mm-hmm. as like part of a relationship bit oh, okay but yeah
0: there's waxing then there's the
1: next level which is bleaching <laughs> right i don't yeah i don't know how far i want to go go there but maybe you got to try different things in life well, why not <laughs> Yeah, I wish I could speak Polish so I could actually watch some of your shows here. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could listen to Jim Williams, I guess. It, uh, okay. have, you, have you heard of him? No, no. Because he's only... In pro- I, uh, I think I heard him. about him. He's yeah. only been in Wrocław? Well, no. he's. I mean, he's only popular in, in, in Wrocław and in Poland. Uh, okay. Point. He's but from the States, though. Yeah, yeah. From okay. the U.S. and, But he's been living in, in Wrocław for uh, yeah. 10, 11 years. He's, okay. He's uh, a wife and kids there. Yeah.
0: it's uh, There's a lot of guys <laughs> like that in Europe. Like, there's yeah. a guy... Um, Joe Egan, in the he's from Canada. He uh-huh. lives in Sweden. He's got a wife and kid, oh no, ex-wife and kid. Right. And he does, he produces comedy around there. Then uh-huh. I know there's a guy in Budapest who's been doing comedy there for like a decade or more. And there's a, there's a woman in Rome that's been doing it there for a while. Uh-huh. Like there's these little pockets of like.
1: I you, mean, it's yeah, it's interesting. It's a different way of kind of breaking in, I think. Because yeah? yeah. if you're if you're stuck in New York or something, and I imagine it can be really discouraging like, yeah yeah that's the other thing I like mean I, I thought about going there as yeah. well yeah but I'm just I'm not I don't know if I'm cut out for that city even like I'm yeah not, I don't know I'm not know. that excited
0: I, about the thought I love Berlin more than I love the idea of working my ass off to break through the American or British comedy scene yeah so I was just like I'll just make my own comedy scene yeah sure yeah, <laughs> and that's more fun Yeah, it has been more fun I think but then I go to New York, no one knows, knows who the fuck I am. Like, don't you know, I got this really popular open mic in Neukölln in Berlin. Yeah, yeah. We are not commoes, don't you guys? No, we have no idea who you are. Get off stage, asshole. Yeah. Stop telling us jokes about Germany.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, we were doing this small tour with like the group I'm with and because there's like nine or nine of us on the tour we could fill rooms of you know several hundred people oh wow and yeah it was it was generally a success but then you know i'm going solo some in some town and it's like okay we could barely fill 50 or 70 Yeah. yeah. uh, back to okay this brings me back down to earth real quick it's
0: it's gonna take a while man of course it's a new
1: scene yeah uh all right thank you paul salamoni was thanks uh,
0: how do i say your full name uh, <laughs> you can try. Let me try. <laughs> Gavo, Gavo,
1: Gavo Feliga,
0: Gavo F- F- Feliga. Feliga, yeah. Is that Polish? Your last name? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. not. Yeah,
1: it's not. Tip- it's not Polish joke. Polish, but okay. It's, it's Polish. I, th- I think. I mean, originally it might have been from elsewhere. I don't. Okay, okay. I don't know the whole lineage. Okay. But yeah. Chris co- told me to call you Gaywell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's okay. jokes about that, and not even I wrote them. Like somebody was, but they, funny enough, they never actually called me that in the U.S. I got all kinds of, uh, or no, maybe they did. Did you like okay. come up with an American-ish name too, or did you just no? Yeah. No, I refused to. That's no, like, good, actually. I don't know why, but yeah, uh, I, when I was younger, I probably would have done it. It would have been easier. Now, I refuse to change my name. I, but when I was in Seattle more recently, it's still hard. I still try to think of ways to explain yeah. to people how. Because if somebody knows a couple languages, maybe it's not hard to grasp. But when you yeah. tell somebody, okay, the W is pronounced like a like a v it's like a latin V, okay and then the e is a short e and then there's l with a dash through it sounds like the american w once you get they're like what no fuck that they (laughs) i'm not trying it's it's almost like g-a-v-o dude it's like G A V O. yeah okay i can understand that (laughs) that's where usually where i draw the line okay all right thanks all right thank you. you